What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name is Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker, here with Dave Schilling. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Hell of a weekend of wrestling and week of wrestling. It feels like a marathon, but we had Extreme Rules on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Maybe one of the best Raws of the last five years, in my opinion. Well, Just was, top to bottom. Bold. It was It was uh, executed and... Wait a minute. What's that music? What that? Oh my God. My God. Is that Peter Rosenberg's music, my God? <laughs> now let me tell you one thing, brother! Oh, Good no. lord! Hey, hey, hey! What a run Wow. I had to. I, I couldn't let you guys talk about... The second <laughs> I heard Dave Schilling say that was one of the biggest rods in the last five years, <laughs> I said, hold on one second, brother. Gotta, let me fly out to California. He's got the steel chair in his hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited Bring to be here. Bring it down. It's been, uh, it's, it's, I think you came on this podcast one time, but it's been a long time since we did a podcast together in the same room. That's right. Um, since then, you've become a WWE shill? Superstar. Oh, superstar? Sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. When do I get your action figure? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Soon, soon, Excellent. Soon. I believe it'll happen. Um, how's working for the big, the big E doing so far? Uh, so far, so good. I've been having a lot of fun. I have not been, you know... Any sort of quote-unquote shilling I've done has been pretty voluntary or 100% voluntary. Um, I haven't received any sort of commentary of like, don't talk about this or that. Like, I sort of naturally started adapting, you know, ways to, you know, talk about things slightly differently as you would if you're sure inside and you now have a vested interest in things doing better as opposed right. to, but I'm still, I mean, I still feel like I'm critical. I mean, I'm. I, I, we, I did the podcast with Greg earlier today. I had my critiques of Extreme Rules not being extreme, of you know them having to put over Roman the day after he loses, of course. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. I mean, I still, I still take my shots the way you're supposed to, but sure. yeah. you know, I'm having fun what? shilling. This is a ball. Who's the, uh, who's the scariest, per, like of all the wrestlers you've now come into contact with, hanging out backstage at craft services or just, you know, uh, hanging out in the club afterwards. Oh, I really yeah. don't know oh, what you're in doing. In the club who's afterwards? The, who's, no, yeah. Who's, the, right. who's the scary... Who, who have you been most physically threatened by? I have, I'm have. i yet to be actually physically threatened in terms of like, hey, move or I'll kill you. But, I mean, I still have never said a word to Brock Lesnar, obviously. I think that goes without saying, right? I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there are guys on the roster who haven't said a word no, to him. No, no, I think most. Yeah. I really do. I think most people don't talk to him. I don't talk to Brock Lesnar. I have not really talked to Dean. He's like super intense. Right. Before shows, like always looks, you know when they do like the locker room shots of like the guy like working out in the locker room, like getting ready. Yeah, he like always looks like that, like just what? doing curls for yeah. no reason. Yeah, it's just like yeah. shadow boxing. Yeah, he just like walks very intensely. Like everything he's doing is like super duper intense. I gotta take notes. Isn't that what Kazee said about him? Because he met yeah. Dean Ambrose. Yeah, he's very he, very intense. He's an intense. He's an intense gentleman. Um, but besides that, I think everyone else has been pretty pretty friendly and warm. Um, so far it's been really fun and I have like a, just a ton of ridiculous experiences that I never thought I'd have about like, you know, being sort of allowed into the fold and 
I try my best to on the podcast, like tell, you know, and to, you know, this is a nice opportunity for me to say hello to all the peckerheads who stopped listening when Shoemaker <laughs> left and only listen to Shoemaker's podcast. But yeah, I, I tell the, try to tell the stories on the, on the podcast about like cool things that happen without like giving away things that I think are inappropriate, but at the same time being like, well, this was really cool. You know, I, so, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You, I think Shoemaker would agree. I love doing the podcast, but essentially covering wrestling that way was always the means to an end for me. Yeah, if, if I would agree that's true of you. Yes. Of me, <laughs> right? Like that, I'm not saying that of everyone else. Of me. Like, Shoemaker didn't have an aspiration to, at the end, get a job at WWE. Now, don't believe a word he says. I'm confident there are several opportunities that they came up, he would take them. I don't know. Oh, you are. So, oh, God, you need more time to get to know him. No, he spends most of the time before we record and after we record saying... God, you would never want to work there. It'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would yeah. ruin your your fandom. I just have a I have, I have a feud with everybody who lives in Connecticut <laughs> since the day I was born. Well, yeah. Well, you, you I don't know if that would be the angle that for him, but if it would be more like, hey, we want to bring him in to write this series, or right. sure. do, oh, oh, he'd be off of the ringer so fast that fans <laughs> would be looking up, going, "Where's my podcast?" God. He'd be the shill of the cinch. Um, then this would be my show exclusively. It'd be great. I just move <laughs> up the ladder. That's what That's I want. That's how it works, yeah. man. Yeah. So oh, grabbing that. that brass ring let me That's send right. you your, your resume and events um, well back when we used to do cheap heat i always say this whenever like anytime i get the opportunity you know to drop the names of wrestlers that i've met in real life the one i the 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 most physically uh frightening person that i met of all the people that we interviewed back on cheap heat was samoa joe and he's not the tallest not clearly not the most like ripped but man when that guy walks up you just you know that he is a bear that could eat you alive. That's right. It's like the anti Strowman because when we met Strowman, he was just this cool guy who liked to talk about yeah, Chipotle. I mean, Strowman could eat you alive too. Yeah, but he's disarming in the way that he talks to you. Yeah, Joe's super nice. I mean, he's just he's just a he's a really like chill regular guy, but he's got just the posture and the way he like shakes your hand. It's that very like I'm going at five percent because six percent would kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. And I think I think Braun feels even like uh, probably he's so big that he has to like put in. He he really probably is extra nice because he knows when you see him. Sure, he's terrifying. That's his whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe, I see what you mean about Joe. There's. But which, which I'm sure you, you're going to say, Shoemaker, brings us to Sunday night. Yeah, that was the, <laughs> the segue of the cinch. That's classic. Right. Really was. Um, yeah, it's kind of shocking. Even though we talked about all the possible, I mean, we talked about our ways through all five guys winning. I, mean, I know you did the same thing, Rosenberg. Of course. But it's just so weird, not just to see Joe go over on Sunday. And to kind of, seeing it happen was a surprise. Then sort of living with that for a couple of days is a surprise. But really seeing Raw where they, it, I think there was a feeling, I mean, not a feeling, we talked about it last week, that if it was going to be Bray or, I mean, basically anybody except for Roman Reigns, it felt like it was going to be a placeholder till whoever whoever Lesnar ended up fighting at SummerSlam, sure. right? That it, like, whether or not, however they booked it, it was probably going to, I mean, and that could still be the case, that it's sort of like a, you know, a closed set, whatever happens between now and the end, at the, whenever Great Balls of Fire goes off the air. But... I think as part of that, I thought I didn't I didn't feel like they were going to put Joe over to the extent they did on Raw. That's a really long way of saying that Raw looked. I mean, he looked like your number one contender. You know, he got the full Heyman treatment and gave Heyman the full treatment. He got the win in the uh, in the main event. 
and just all around look like the Samoa Joe we've all been waiting for. This is the one time where you get an opponent opponent for Brock Lesnar, and it's a guy who you think he could actually have a fight with, like a like a legit one on one fight, as opposed to this is a wrestling angle. And Randy Orton is a you know a great wrestler and can do great things psychologically in the ring, but he's not going to be able to fight Brock Lesnar. And this is. It's got that taste of UFC, of, of, of a big fight, and, and yeah. I'm thrilled about that. I think you're right, and I didn't even think about how good a treatment Joe got on Monday. That's what makes you the great professional that you are, Dave Shoemaker. But it's true. I mean, he really did get the full treatment, and it does make you think. I started speculating today on Cheap Heat, like, is there a chance that while they planned on this just being a one-off, if it goes well and feels really legit, they think, you know what, let's stretch this out a little bit? I can't. I think yes, only because I think that since Strowman went out, everything's been up in the air. I mean, I don't know if this, if the, if there was a five-way plan before that. I, it seems Can't be. It, yeah, it, no it, it seems really unlikely. Even if there was something written, you know, written in pencil prior to Strowman getting hurt. Um, yeah, I don't think. I my my guess is that the decision for Joe wasn't made. I mean, it was made at most two weeks ago. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty pretty short-term plan and. Everything is changing so quickly, just you know, from that point forward. That that uh, that yeah, I think that the, that that's totally possible. That it. I mean, the, it wasn't just that he got put over on Monday. It w- but they didn't even waste time. I mean, I'm, Michael Cole said some version of a lot of different things, but Heyman, his promo with Heyman wasn't about Joe's a guy you don't know very much about. Joe's a guy you know. It wasn't like introducing him to the crowd. It was just like this is a legitimate contender who we all know and and love or hate or whatever. I mean, yeah. it was. They treated him like he was legit in the in every sense of the word. I, I think one thing people don't realize necessarily when these things happen is that while someone people get put over and like there's a decision of like this guy, I don't think people know how much the ball is then in that person's court. Sure. And th- that Joe has been waiting for this moment for a long time. So what are you going to do with it, kiddo? Yeah. And I, I he showed both on Sunday and Monday. He's gonna make the most. He's gonna be the guy we've all always thought he was. And you can make you can change some people's minds. I mean, we have a WWE champion right now who, however, however you feel about him, he changed Vince's, Vince's mind about yeah, who he yeah, was, or AJ Styles for that matter. Sure, you know, AJ was not brought in to be a top guy, and now he's a top guy because his work was just that great. And I think you're gonna see that same thing happen with Joe, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, he he. If 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 it's a matter of taking the ball and running with it, or grabbing the brass ring, or doing whatever, Joe one hundred percent did that. But, I mean, I remember we, I talked about it on the show a month ago, something like that. There was some episode of Raw, probably halfway between his debut and now, where he cut two promos in one show. Like there was a backstage promo and some in ring stuff, and I was just like, "Who the hell is this guy, man?" I mean, it's it really is just like the Joe. I mean, he like he has found another level, and a lot of it's mic work and intensity. I mean, he's he's a really, really, like he is the most WWE guy, even more so than AJ. Like he's the he he is more like he's a guy that that looks like he was. I mean, he's the dream employee of Vince McMahon. I mean, maybe if he had a body like The Rock, he'd be a little bit more of a dream employee. Sure, but like, slightly taller. But he can do. I mean, he was he was taller than. Uh, I mean, he's taller than. Um, than angle at least he looks yeah. so backstage i don't think they had joe standing on a box and right. uh, and also think about that just two months ago at wrestlemania this is a guy who wasn't on the card in any way yeah he was the one he was the biggest name that was completely and utterly left off yeah I, apparently like no one thought it made sense i guess for him to come out with triple h and just sort of be his little 
boy toy, yeah. wrong word choice, but you get the idea. <laughs> so he ended up completely off the WrestleMania card, and, and I asked him at the time, like, how bummed out he was. And he was like, well, you know, you want to be on WrestleMania. He was like, but I, I really believe what I'm hearing. So, like, I'm just going to stay the course, and this is it. Yeah. And now Raw is finally, a, maybe, after a pretty good pay-per-view and a pretty good Raw, Maybe it's finally starting to pick back up from the last few weeks, which have been pretty rough. Pretty, well, yeah, pretty it rough. seems like there's actually a point again. It was just a month of treading water. Okay, then this is an this is an odd position sitting next to Rosenberg that I'm going to be I'm going to be the dissenting voice here, here or at go. least I'm going to, not dissenting devil's advocate. We're all really excited about Joe. Let's not give let's not go over the moon for the whole product. I agree that Raw was a really good show, but that but I mean and sometimes all it takes is somebody like Joe being put in that position to sort of electrify three long ass hours of, of television. But we're still in the same place we were two weeks ago, which is I mean, kind of on both shows, which is that there's like, you know, a title that's kind of sitting over here and then everything else is a never ending round robin tournament between like vague number one contenders. You know, I mean like we had the show was bookended this week by matches between these same top guys that we've been we we're seeing the whole way in the lead up to extreme rules you know a very good point and it's and and i love seeing these matches i mean when i'm at home just like trying to kill time i would watch any of these matches and not complain a bit but as far as just like you know the championship picture is not being forwarded yeah in, it doesn't, in those matches yeah it doesn't seem to me that there's a clear understanding that Having the title on the show is important, and when it goes away, it feels boring sure. or it feels unmotivated. Even if the belt is being worked in a mid-card feud or a mid-card match like it was on SmackDown, it doesn't seem like the show has a direction. Yeah. Um, I do think, here's what I think felt better about Raw. I think um, Samoa Joe being in the position he's in as the distinct number one felt better. Yeah. I think... Unfortunately, uh, I don't say this callously, but Alex uh, Bailey being replaced by Nia Jax felt better yeah. to me. Um, um, yeah. What what um, what didn't my biggest concern coming out of Raw was? So we're just gonna keep going with Dean and the Miz. Just gonna keep on going, huh? This is gonna be because, like, I thought it was a cool thing they did with him attacking the bear and like the paranoia and all that stuff. That was a great segment. That was a lot of fun. But like, wait. So you're saying this is just going to continue now? Well, like, I assume they were going to move Elias on. I thought Elias Sampson was going to. I thought it was so strange. I thought Elias Sampson was going to do a little thing with Dean, and maybe that's still to come. I think but that's yeah. just to come because in kayfabe, Dean has his rematch clause that is yeah, selectively I mean, used as a as a plot. Where point, this but. is, I mean, this is sort of an example of WWE's. You know, only got so many crayons in the box for as far as this you know creative goes. But they, I mean, it's always either. You lose the rematch the night after the pay per view, or you carry it on for another month, or you don't get a rematch. I mean, you change direction totally. Right. I guess option three is Bray Wyatt appears in the middle of the ring during your pay per view match, and that's it. <laughs> that's the direction for one of the two wrestlers. But the but yeah, I mean, it, it would have been. The problem is just that we feel like this feud has been going on for the past year. It has, but it has. Yeah, I mean, it's close it has. to it. Well, not, With the not exception exclusively. Of, not exclusively. There was t Dean, I mean, um, Miz left to have a Cena feud. Mm -hmm. But by and large, this has been what it's looked like for a long time. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm definitely ready for both of those guys to do other things and to do bigger things. What does Dean do? I, I, I've been, I'm not the world's biggest 
Dean guy. Sure. I don't I don't know where he lives right now. I feel like there was some missteps at some point along like what that character is supposed to mean. I actually feel that way about Seth. I think the only character, and I know this drives people crazy, that has not been mismanaged from the shield has been Roman, who oh, like yeah. is a completely where he, you may not like how he got there, but he's there. Like he's mean something. He, you expect him to win. He does win. Um, but Seth and Dean are a little confusing. I think Seth's better off right now than he was three weeks ago. But they're both. They've been both in murky uh, territory to me. I think that's totally true. I mean, I think I've said before, Dean has this weird ability to to shine when he's in the spotlight at the top of the card. Like, he he can get the closest thing to a Steve Austin pop, and I'm not just saying that because he is a reminiscent character. The closest thing to a Steve Austin pop on the roster, for I mean, for the past few years, when he had the title and then took it over to SmackDown, obviously that takes it down a notch or whatever, but when he had that title run, the crowd was going nuts for him. Now, I don't know how that reflected in, in like, live show sales or whatever, but... Um, but it's but when he's not doing that, I don't know. I think he was. Right. I think he was outdrawing Roman on the house show circuit. But I think more importantly, he was not exciting the crowds in terms of his storytelling or his his matches. Because oh, yeah. you go from him working the triple threat, where he wins the belt and sure. money in the bank, and it's a huge moment. It's a title, massive, though. massive okay. pop. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a title. Thank you. Oh man, you got to tell me all the things. What so I know some of them. What but. was Miz's weird euphemism when he? The, the, by the way, I mean full credit to the Miz. The line of the night was when he was getting the "You deserve it" chance, and he was just like, "That would mean a whole lot more if you didn't say that to every single person." Mm-hmm. That's a good line. But he didn't say title. He said like, "Who won a championship opportunity?" Is one of the things, <laughs> but I don't know what he said specifically. Anyway, so Miz, not Miz. Sorry, Ambrose working with um, Dolph Ziggler. That, di- that feud didn't make sense to me because it's Dolph Ziggler babyface, Dean Ambrose babyface, and you've just crowned him the champion. He needs someone to challenge him that's going to bring out the best in Dean Ambrose and not make Dean Ambrose look like a dick. I think that that's... Which is easy to do, yeah, character-wise. And, and, I think, yeah. and I think that that's, uh, I mean, not just uh, not just character-wise. I think in the ring, I mean, the, the, if the question is like, who do you put Dean Ambrose with to get the best possible match? Like, I don't know what the answer is. I'm sure it exists, but in the... You know, he's had a lot. He, I mean, he keep going back to those FCW matches with Seth when they had, were just like tearing down the house, you know. But like, I, I don't, since he's been on the main roster, there hasn't, I don't know what the right, I mean, it's not Bray Wyatt, right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think who he's had like notable feuds with, who I really love watching every match they have well, in the he, ring. The, the, the really basic question I think is with Dean is what do you enjoy about his in ring work? If you were to describe to someone like what you like about Dean the wrestler, because like we can compare him to Stone Cold, but I can tell you very specifically what I love about Stone Cold. Like I love, I love Stone Cold's punches. Mm-hmm. Like I love, we love this, we love the stunner. We love when he catches the guy in mid air and then pounds their face in. You know, like he has these things. Like Dean, it's like, oh, I like when he does the weird thing where he bounces off the ropes and comes back in. No, everyone hates that. Yeah, most people drives everyone crazy. Think that is the dumbest thing anyone's ever done in a ring besides this, put a sock on your hand. Uh, it's suicide five. Shout to Mick Foley. Though. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Mick. My but bad. Just go, but on actually, his birthday, no touching, less. Touching, oh my on, God. touching on the point. Let's apologies to Dean Ambrose, but let's jump off him for a second. <laughs> but touching back on what Rosenberg said, um, one really smart thing that Raw did this week was they sent Bray out to to open the show mm-hmm. and basically let him test market all of the top all all of the, the the top stars of the show. Right, so he goes out and he starts talking about who he has a grudge with now that that match is over. He says Seth. Uh, I mean, no, he says Finn first, I think, and then uh, actually I don't even remember the order because I have them in order of biggest pop. 
but Seth got by far the biggest pop to what you were saying about him being in a good place a right bit now. Back, yeah. Um, Finn got a good pop too. I think Finn was the first name that he said. Joe uh, got respectfully cheered, and then Roman Reigns got booed out of the building when he brought. I mean, so again to what you were saying, Peter, Ro- uh, Roman Reigns is the number one heel on the show, and that's. I mean, that's a, he's in exactly the right spot. And we talked about it when I was watching. We watched together on Sunday. He did some pretty heelish stuff in the pay-per-view. Just starting off the match by not engaging when everybody else was fighting. Like he was just working heel. Yeah, just looking around, just looking around outside the ring as these idiots were all beating each other up. And he's like, I'm just I'm gonna just stand here. And then even when he did start working, it was all like hard gut punches. Like he just there was something about his style that night that I was like, hmm. He's working in a different way. He's in, he's definitely the character is embracing who he is to the audience a bit more now than he used to be. Yeah, the the facials are better. I love that he's not coming down from the crowd like he was doing two years ago, which just felt like them begging people to love him. Even though that was a shield gimmick, it's like people are booing you and you're coming down. It seemed like a really big deal. I remember when they stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they had to even write, didn't they have to like write it into the storyline? Like he only did it. He walked down the ramp because he was hurt or something. Something like that. Yeah. But man, yeah, they were about. Excuse me. They were about two weeks away from people throwing rotten fruit at him. You know, I mean, like, but as he came through the crowd, like that was that was a necessary switch that they made. I just hate being the guy now, especially working there, who has to be like, no, I mean, he's getting a reaction, so that means he's over. I'm not trying to say that if the desired goal is he's the biggest baby face in the company, okay, that that's not happening. But if the number one goal is he just generates money and interest, yeah, well, then it's definitely him. Sure. And I and I now and and I now feel it too. Like when I, 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 there was a time when, when he came out for a segment, I, I really didn't care very much. And I have to say now, because of the same people who hate him and talk about him all the time, the second he comes out, I pay more attention. But I'm I like, think, what, what's everyone going to say this week about what Roman sure. did? I think the, the problem that I have with it, and a lot of people have with it, is not that there's this uh, backlash to him being a top guy or he is a top guy because people boot, whatever. My problem is. Wrestling is about storytelling, and if he comes out there and people say, oh, Roman Roman Reigns is such a great guy, such a cool guy, and then he's getting booed, and he's pulling faces and doing heelish things, and we're still supposed to root for him ostensibly, it doesn't make any sense. So why not just have him be a bad guy? Why not just say, all right, Roman Reigns... Isn't he a bad guy? Yeah, but not the way that... little kids still cheer for him, right? Isn't he getting the exact Cena thing? The exact... It's worse cheers from kids. It may be worse, but I do think kids are still cheering for him. Is that better for business? Is it better for business to not just lean into it? The, like if if they kept pushing Rocky Maivia the way that they pushed him in 1996, would he ever have become the Rock? Well, I, but here's to, but to your point, if they start actually turning him, does the crowd start cheering? That's the problem. We this is, I wrote about it when I wrote, when I wrote about I wrote about uh, I think I talked about it recently. When I wrote about Jinder Mahal a couple weeks ago. Was the only way there are the heels that we boo respectfully. Paul Heyman is one. Uh, the Miz, I guess, but the li- the list is pretty short. The people that we have so much respect for that we're like, okay, we will boo you even though we love you. Kevin Owens, I guess, would be another great example. But then uh, beyond that, the only way to get real heat, to re- heal heat in 2017, is to is to give people something that they don't deserve and let the crowd be upset about it. I mean, honestly, that's what gender, that's what Jinder Mahal's heat comes from. It's not that he's foreign. It's that he doesn't deserve to be in the title picture, let alone the champion, you know? 
And that's what that's what Roman Reigns is getting too. If the, if they it's the the con, the idea that he is being misused, that he's being shoved down our throats by WWE is the source of all the heat. And as soon as they do something smart with them, then we're it's going to dissipate. Yeah, I, that's the thing. You don't want to do that. That was the point of surprising people with gender. It was thinking there's no chance. At first, it was like, oh, he's just going to get. He's really big, so they're going to feed him to Randy Orton. And then it was like when he wins, yeah, people feel like something <laughs> unjust happened. So you get legit boos out of basically everyone. And I think the second they turn Roman into him being aware of his own bad guyness, they now will say, yay, thank you for doing what we wanted you to do. Mm, yeah, and, and maybe. Is, and is that what you want? Then you have the same thing again. No. You, have, you, went from, you went from people booing a baby face to cheering a heel. So what's the real game? I mean, there, the, but there's a way to do it that, that makes sense and that gets real boos is just to acknowledge that he's the guy. Sure. That, not just for him to do it. But for everyone no, else to do it, the, he the, the, right. The only He's way to unbeatable. do it, the only way to do it is to have Vince be his manager. Yeah, just to have Vince or come Stephanie. out and, and like pull the strings for him. No, let it be Vince. Let Vince give him like oil massages before the <laughs> match. Like go all. That's in. baby face behavior. Hold on, come on. And by the way, and of course, if Vince stood anywhere near him, people would cheer and go crazy. I mean, I guess it would be one of those confusing Rock moments where like they cheer then boo. Yeah, like they did with Rock and Roman in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um... You think we're going to see The Rock again soon? We were just talking about this the other day. I don't know. I think about that periodically, too. Um, Do you think that the that the perceived failure of Baywatch is going to lead The Rock back to the WWE ring? Well, all that needs to do is lead The Rock to not making so many damn movies. The man never stops making a movie. It's like you follow the guy on social media. It's like tiring to even see what his life is. Yeah. And it's. And I think that is, it's, he's just being oversaturated. But yes, could it bring him back? Well, I guess SummerSlam would be a time... To do that, right? Sure, but under what in, you know, in what context? If, you, if the Rock, Rock was going to wrestle at WrestleMania this year, and let's say, let me totally fantasy, Rock's wrestling at WrestleMania, SummerSlam, he's making an appearance to set up the match. Who who do you want him to like? Who do you want him to start feuding with? Roman Reigns, baby. This is the this is the perfect way to turn Roman Reigns heels. Have him work with the Rock, everybody's favorite. I don't think they can wait another year to have Cena and Roman at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah, I think I, it's got to happen next one. If, they, if they're determined to have that match, you can't put matches off. I mean, I just the, it, we've seen not just from injury. I mean, injuries have been a huge thing, but like, you know, you know, I, you know Undertaker I, matches like the, the 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 timeline just gets all messed up. Because I would I would use Rocky if I had him at SummerSlam. I don't know about yet what I do for WrestleMania. If I had him at SummerSlam, it would be Jinder beats John Cena at SummerSlam goes over again. So. And then afterwards, him and the Singh brothers beat the hell out of Cena, and Rock saves Cena. Oof, that's that's, that's I moment. think your that's I think your wow. setup to say to get Rocky back. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's SummerSlam. It's a patriotic moment. Yeah, you you want a big babyface run in? That's great. Why not? Yeah. I don't know what that does for you moving forward. If you te- you know, I don't think you do Jinder and Rock at WrestleMania. You could do a tag team. Sort of deal, Rock and the, Cena uh, versus Gender and someone, someone else, else who's foreign. If Kevin The Rock Owens. and Rusev, right? yeah. As you guys are talking, I'm not even paying attention. I'm just fantasy booking in my head that The Rock, is, like it's like having like a Roman Reigns Finn Balor match, and have The Rock make a run in, and then like just turn on Roman, help like help Finn win, and then just like celebrate with him after the match. Just be like, here's the real next big thing. Like, and I'm <laughs> oh, like passing. But, wow. But Finn's not a, Finn's not the quite right. Partly because he's about the size of the Rock's wrestling boot, but also because it's he's not like the Rock in any discernible way. Well, what about except Samoa for Joe? Charisma. Well, that's what I was going to say. You pick Samoa Joe. He's your Samoan brother, right? Not your actual family 
Are they actual family? Him and Roman? Yeah. They are, right? The Rock and Roman are cousins, yeah. Loose. Loose cousins. (laughs) Well, I mean, that whole, like, there's that hive of Samoans, and Samoa Joe is not in the family. Samoa Joe is not in the family. Yeah. And that would, and it's uh, it's interesting, too, because that would mean The Rock does something totally heel, but it wouldn't matter because it's Roman. Roman would still be the heel. Yep. Sure. So The Rock could do it every while. I mean, is there anything worse than picking some other guy against someone who you've stood next to as your family before? But it wouldn't matter. People would love it and would just boo the F out of Roman. See, this is why I think if you just book him against baby faces in a match, but continue, I guess, doing the commentary as it is being done now, he gets over as a heel. He's a heel. So you don't have to make a big, uh, like, ostentatious turn. You just book him against Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, whoever you're talking about. And have him go over on everyone. Yeah. And then, and then have him lose the belt at WrestleMania. But here's why there's no need to ever make him do or say anything heel. Because if you can do that, and he still can do that and get all the heat from the adults yeah. while selling t-shirts to little kids at the same time, why do you mind? I guess it, I guess I'm just like talking in the wind just here, guys. No, no, a lot of people <laughs> agree with you, and they're going to be cursing right. me. So oh, they obviously want it, and I hear you. And I'm sorry to. I'm just making their argument though. Like I get why they'd be sure. like, well, if we decide to just nuance it in a way where we make him full blown heel, that just ensures no kids buy his shirts anymore. But what else does it do? If the only residual effect is if they're successful, yeah, either we're cheering him and it's kind of a failure, or they're six. They're, I mean, I guess it's not. There is value in the heel turn that gets smarks like us to cheer because yes. because then when they turn him back to babyface, yes. we're on bigger. his side. Yes, yeah. and the merch will be the biggest. I always said about Cena, and it would have made Cena the biggest he'd ever been if you let him have his heel run and all the adults fell in love with him because of how good he'd be at it. That when you bring him back babyface, you now have Hulk Hogan. You now have everyone on board, adults and kids. Yeah, I mean that's love this guy. That's what happened with the Rock. That's why I brought up the Rock the first time. Is the Rock was not getting over the way that he needed to. He turns heel. He has one of the best heel runs of all time. And then he then comes he back turns, and everyone loves him. Then he turns babyface for like a couple months. And then he turns on Mankind yeah, at Survivor I mean, Series. And it was huge. Well, and it sort of brings it full circle back to the discussion of this episode of Raw being good because there was the electricity of, of uh, Samoa Joe, but also because the episode was good. Those things feed together, right? The thing that was the undercurrent underneath the entire Rock era, and all credit to the, I mean, Rock gets a ton of credit for it, but it's that, like, we were desperately, like, we were, like, the, the show was so good. It was so electric, and everything that happened was something, like, we were, we were literally rooting for every character to be as best, as good as they could possibly be. And, you know, when the Rocks, I mean, you shit on a character like Rocky Maivia, yeah, but, like, right, that is when the Attitude Era was beginning, you know? That's when the tide was turning for WWE, and... If the show, I feel like if the overall product were better, and we should talk a little bit about the ratings before we get to questions. But I mean, they're not just the ratings, the uh, that that news about like the average age of the viewer or whatever. But if the overall product for for Raw for WWE in general were better, I think we'd be more forgiving about Roman Reigns about the Roman Reigns project. Probably, it's not necessarily about the product. It's about how do they? And I always go back to storytelling because I'm a writer. That's what I do. But if the stories are not satisfying, if you're not getting the payoffs that you want, if you if the crowd is not leaving the show happy, yeah. they're not going to come back. Yeah. And that's not necessarily, not necessarily about Roman Reigns. It's about just the way that these shows are booked and, and, and when they blow things off and when they don't and how they build things up. And Samojo, Brock Lesnar has the potential to be a huge angle 
if they give us a satisfying conclusion. Yep. Let's take a quick break. I know every week we do this Dollar Shave Club ad, but there is one thing that I think is important for us to talk about when we talk about Dollar Shave Club, and that is the history, the, the, the decades of hairy wrestlers who really could have used Dollar Shave Club and Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. George the Animal Steel could have used Dollar Shave Club for sure. The artist formerly known as Prince Albert. Oh my gosh. Matt Bloom. He was I, very hairy. He was. Especially yeah, especially in those Prince Albert days. I will say that I my my my, uh, my WWE sources um, all have mentioned Dollar Shave Club within the past several months. I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all because Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. You get a great shave at a great price conveniently delivered right to your door. And when I use my DSC Executive Razor, actually, more importantly, when WWE superstar Bastion Booger uses his DSC Executive Razor with Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade just gently glides, giving his back such a smooth shave. You, too, can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only $5. In your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel at any time. You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash mast. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mast. I'm Dutch Mantel, and I approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did anybody in the main event, I I think every single person in the main event in Extreme Rules should have been using Dollar Shave Club. Yes. Rosenberg, did you hear the news that the uh, the median raw the median WWE viewer has has from 2000 to today has jumped from I think it was 28 to 52 years old. What? Yeah. Median? Yeah. The, yeah. The average Me- age. No, not the, the average. The median oh, meaning me. like the yes. number right in the middle. So yes. it's but but sorry. For, as it was explained to me by one of our brilliant uh, assistant editors, like median and mean don't have won't have a huge gap when you're talking about age ranges because. Um, it's not like there's someone who's 300 years old who's throwing off the the median numbers. Uh, everybody's numbers, everybody's median ages are going way up because nobody's watching cable or not as many, you know, young people are not watching cable. Right. But still, 52 is a pretty shocking number for all for as much as you know, as much as we like to rec- to to tell ourselves that wrestling's for kids and that's you know that's the source of our problems with the, with the product. But let's be real know. here. That chart. The, the youngest median age for any sport on that chart was MLS. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. The only thing I that hasn't that gotten older, I think they said, was like women's, women's tennis. I mean, it's just... Every, Already old? Everything's getting older. Well, women's tennis can't get older. No. <laughs> They'd all be dead at yeah, that right. point. It's like 130. Oh, no, the average... The, the, the median age from 2016 for wrestling was 54, and that's 21 years older than 10 years ago. But still, more people watch WWE than watch half of those things on that list. Uh, I mean, more people watch bowling for sure. I'm just kidding. That's okay. Not okay. What is the average age for football? Uh, the NFL well, like forty is something, right? fifty. Oh, but that's but they only went up four years. The WWE is fifty fifty four and went up twenty one years. What about what about NBA? Um, it's got to be younger, right? A little bit. NBA is 42, but it, again, only went up two years over the past decade. Interesting. 
<clears throat> so yeah, UFC is similar to WWE. It's forty nine is the average age, but it went up fifteen years over the past over the past decade. Uh, and action sports in general is about the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just there's a lot of people keeping up with with UFC and 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 WWE on YouTube and and over the top networks like the WWE Network, you know. But you look, the subscriber rates for WWE Network are not like through the roof, right? I mean, they're good. They're no. good enough that they make money off no. of it. But my well, question here is, what does that mean for the idea that Roman Reigns is popular with children? If children are not watching, well, children the product are still as watching. Much. Yes, but not as many children, I guess. That's the thing. It's hard for me to interpret what these numbers really mean. I got to tell you, if I was a parent with a, didn't have a wrestling job and had like a kid who was into wrestling, I would and and, and if if I were a cord cutter, I wouldn't like I don't I wouldn't get cable just so my kid could watch Raw live. I would let him watch it on Hulu the next day. Right. You know, like it, that's that's not that big of a like I just feel like wrestling is it doesn't have the urgency. The Monday night doesn't have the urgency. And once you lose that, it's like there's so much product. Why the hell would you like pay for a cable package for just for wrestling when you can watch it nonstop on the network, even if it's not the newest stuff, you know? And then you can watch new stuff on Hulu. Sling. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. That's how you, you watch Raw yeah. Andres on Sling. They yeah, should, they should buy some ad space on this show. Jeez. Let's do it, man. We just gave them free ad Nothing I love right better now. for watching me? pro wrestling. Than Sling TV. You got you got it, so you can watch another room. No, I haven't even done that. I actually got it. I mean, I I, I know that technology exists. I got it so I can watch it on East Coast Time. Yeah, getting done with Raw at eight o'clock at night is so much better than getting it done at eleven. Why do you like watching it on East Coast Time? Well, I like to have both options, but but oh, oh so you can watch it at five o'clock. Yeah, got it. Yep. yeah, yep. Okay. It's terrible here if you have any cable system that doesn't have an East Coast feed, which we both do. Why? Because then you have to do what we have to do every week. Watch it from 8 to 11? Yeah. Like a normal person? Yeah. Well, no yeah, of course. I, I want to be able to have the advantage of living in California. I don't want to have to yeah, stay Yeah, I mean, like, I say, late. I say, like, all of my excuses have only, like, exemplify my failings, but, like, it's, I don't ever tweet during wrestling barely anymore, but you can't tweet on West Coast time when yeah. you're watching wrestling, you know? Yeah, I don't like, get if you're gonna, retweets. If I'm going to write a piece, it's so much better to, like, be able to start writing at 8 than to, like had the show ended at 11 and 15 and you're just like, maybe I should just go to bed. Right. Right. Morning, right. Like, yeah. Oh. When I start tweeting at eight 15 or eight 30 and no one's responding, I'm like, Oh yeah. It's cause literally everyone else already went, finished it. Went to bed. Right. They're <sighs> okay. Done. You're just tweeting into the abyss. Speaking yeah. of tweets, shall we? Let's do some reader questions. Right, we're doing, they're not readers, man. They're listeners. I, this is a podcast. I prefer Most of them can't even read. Oh, heel Rosenberg. I'm back. All right. At Mike TV band asks, what would your finisher be? Rosenberg. Um, um, I would. Is the idea that we're like our character yeah, is ourself, or are we like putting together a character? Too? Let's not get too deep into it because yeah. we got a lot of these. Just pick a move you like. Oof, that's a really good question. So it's about what to me. It's about thinking about what's the easiest thing to do night, night in, night out. Is he assuming that I am as poorly at like put together? No, I think the leg drop we saw over time oh, really yeah. takes a toll. The back rake, raking the back. <laughs> yeah, I think a back rake Just is the a eye good, poke. Yeah, Jim. simple eye poke. Wow, and then a kick to the crotch. The small package. I wanted to say the stunner because the stunner is the coolest finisher, but then I'm falling on my ass every night. That one's hard too. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not going to pick the easiest one. I'm just going to wish, that, like, use this to wish I was a much better athlete than I am, and just pick like the Phoenix Splash or something. 
Just, uh, yeah, which move can you actually do, and which move would you want to do? Uh, just to I get can do none of the moves. Just to get <laughs> a T, I think, is my finisher. If it's what can you actually do? Just to get as much heat as possible, I would say the clothesline from hell. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Easy but effective. All right, moving along. Um, at Jeremy Tandlin asks, what's the kayfabe reason for keeping a Singapore cane under the ring in case you got to hit somebody with it, obviously? The kayfabe reason, I thought about this on Sunday. We Everybody everybody who watches Extreme Rules has this conversation in their living room at some point. Like, what are those things doing there? Um, also, tangent. If Maurice didn't send that bear to the ring on Monday night and it wasn't Dean Ambrose, then what the hell was that guy in the bear costume doing there? Someone else was thoughtful who yeah. worked for the company. Kurt Angle did it. Because yeah. Kurt Angle wanted to make the celebration as Or did Dean Ambrose send that also just to trick him? Ooh. Anyway. He was getting his head. Wow. Anyway. Uh, the Canes. They're listen, under the ring because the competitors the put them if under you there. Have, if you have, if you have a, an intense, demanding boss, right? Let's say that you're an executive assistant. Anything that your boss might want, you have in a closet or a drawer really nearby, right? He's like, bring me a LaCroix, bring me some chewing gum, bring me a cigarette, bring me whatever, he, an energy bar. You're going to have that. You're never going to not have one of those at arm's reach, right? If you're, I'm not, no one at the top of WWE is like, let's load, this is in kayfabe. No one's saying like, let's keep weapons around. But the people at the bottom of the ladder, they've all been there for one day when Vince McMahon was like, let's have a Singapore Singapore cane match. And they were like, fuck dude, we didn't bring any Singapore canes. So the reason is they want to be ready for anything. I I think it's as simple as, as that slash, think about it like this. It's a real in the world of the WWE, it's a real organization that has these matches. Sure. And these matches have stipulations. And sometimes those stipulations include tables and trash. So where would you keep them all? Under yeah. the ring. Yeah. And that's just where they all are. The back backstage is a lot further away than it used to be, too. I mean, exactly. that's a long way to carry a bunch of folding tables. So you just leave it with the ring. My issue is it just... It implies that the company is sanctioning you know, bad behavior. <laughs> no, no. Wait, was this question from you? Yeah, it was <laughs> at Dave underscore Schilling. Okay, next one. At Lee underscore Daniel 721. We're just assuming Cena comes back on July 4th and immediately goes into a program with gender, right? Yes. Yeah, obviously. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <clears> say it's an absolute guarantee because I think he could come back to Raw, too. As Dave, as we were talking about the other day, Shoemaker and I were saying, I mean, they could certainly use him on Raw. But didn't they advertise it? They did. They advertised him the next day. I mean, two Smackdown. days later. So Officially for SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. So... I would assume it is, yes, Jinder Mahal. can't be AJ again, so where else would it be? Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At, a, well, that recipe is always always worked. Delicious. At dmidi 78 asks, why don't some of the NXT megastars translate to the main roster, i.e. Bailey, Sami Zayn, The Ascension, etc.? And then he says Midi out, which I guess is like his gimmick, but don't no gimmicks in your questions. Yeah, you, get, you shouldn't read the gimmick if you don't want to put over Well, I wanted to make a point. Listen, no gimmicks. We were, I was just talking about the Rock's the Rock's popularity during the Attitude Era, and the Rock earned every bit of it and got, got what he deserved. Uh, we can also agree that the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, if they were magically teleported to 2017, would be over as hell. Like not based on history, based on their talents in the ring and on the mic, right? Mm-hmm. Can we all agree on yeah, that? Yeah, sure, sure. I think it's we can also also we can also agree that like Crash Holly, R.I.P. or uh, even somebody as big as like, I mean, what's another? I mean, like Farouk in in that gimmick, or uh, I mean, maybe it was Ron Simmons was great, so I take that back. But there's you know a lot of guys like The Godfather or like uh, 
I mean, who who else? Name anybody else from the Attitude Val Era. Venus. Val Venus, who would not be over in 2017. I don't know. I, lo- I thought Val Venus... So you just named one so you could knock it down? I thought Sean mm. Morley is a very, very talented wrestler. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Val Venus is, <clears throat> is, a, is a character that got over because he could do crazy, outlandish things, but Sean Morley was a great performer. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm just saying not everything that we loved during the Attitude Era was at, would it translate to success today or was even actually that good on its own terms. It was just part of a package that was really good. Right. And I think part of that is NXT, when it's at its a- absolute high point. You're very forgiving of the product, you know, and it's not and it's not that it's bad and, and you're wrong. It's that it's just good in a certain way and you're like willing to embrace it. And uh, and and that stuff doesn't always translate to the main roster. And, and now it's pretty straightforward. It's like it's exactly what you would think it is. Exactly. It's NXT is smaller than WWE. It is a safer place to mess up than mm-hmm. main roster. All of those things that you think. So some of it that looks so big when it would get there on our podcast. Remember, I'd be like, I don't. I, if I wasn't as familiar with someone from NXT, I'd be like, with Bailey, exactly. I was like, I don't fully understand Bailey's thing, and yeah. it's like, oh, well, everyone just loves it there, and I'm like, yeah, but she just like runs and puts her hands out, and like I don't really understand it. Well, and it's like, oh, well, because it didn't fully translate to the bigger scale. Right. And what I've, I've I always think about when I'm thinking about wrestling is that what I like, just as one guy does not necessarily correlate to what everyone likes, sure. what a, a an arena full of people likes, what a WrestleMania crowd with 60,000, 70,000 people likes. So just because I think that Finn Balor should be the champion doesn't mean that Finn Balor should be the champion necessarily. It's not my job to come up yeah. with that stuff, and it's it's certainly not up to me to decide who the best wrestler is. And I think that sometimes gimmicks, a lot of times gimmicks get over in NXT because they're like, like they're just gimmicks. They're yep. like great wrestling gimmicks, you know, that we just remember loving in the past. Things like the Ascension or whatever, you know, you're just like, oh, it reminds me of a thing that I loved. I will cheer semi-ironically or just like revisit my childhood cheering or something. And that stuff doesn't necessarily get over. I think mm. that the big two things for, and I've said this a million times, when they call guys from NXT up, guys and gals, people in general, they should have the gimmick ready. I mean, they should have the gimmick ready and plan B ready because plan B might come in one week. You know, I mean, like if it doesn't work, you got to be able to pivot. And the the separate but related thing, I think in 2017, as much as I love silly gimmicks, is you have to like every wrestler should come built in. You have to be able to answer the question, why is this person a wrestler? Right. Like you can't have a plumber in 2017 come to the ring and just be like, what am I doing here? (laughs) You know, you can't have a hog farmer. You can't have a clown. Like it's got to be a dude or a lady who wants to win a championship belt and everything else is secondary. And I feel like with a lot of these gimmicks, they get in there and no one's actually asked the question out loud. Like what is their gimmick and why do they want to be wrestlers? Yeah. Why is the Ascension wearing face paint? Right. Why did did they come to the ring like that? Yeah. All right. We got to get out of here. That's my me being a heel, Rosenberg. Thank you for stopping yeah, I, by. I, you got to get out of here. I have a lot of important things to get to. Yeah, way more catch an airplane. jet flying, kiss dealing, wheeling dealing. Apologies to Dean Ambrose, that son of a gun. We'll see you next week, humanoids. For a great shave at a great price, join Dollar Shave Club. New members get their first month of the Executive Razor and a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com 
slash masked. <laughs>